In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Michigan is national champions, and for one specific reason. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Tuesday. And when I say Michigan national champions for one specific reason, um, there are obviously a lot of parts to the 34 to 13 and to the 15 and 0. And some of them were predictable. Here's one thing we know about the head coach, and that was your final score last night Michigan 34, UW 13, in a game where. Michigan busted off some huge, I mean, pop plays in the run game early. And two of them went for scores. Third one almost did. But Washington's a really good team defensively. Michigan scored 34. Washington's a really good team defensively, and they got a stop turned into a field goal. And so we're staring 17-10 at the half. Pick on the first snap of the third quarter, and then Michigan has points, and so you're kind of off and running. And Washington never really lost sight. It's a touchdown at the end, um, but it was a score or two score game. But when you were looking at the the scoreboard last night, that told you a numerical story. You knew what you were seeing when you looked on the field. You knew that when you looked at Washington on December 21st, for instance. You know what the big headline for UW was on December 21st? Washington's offensive line named Joe Moore Award recipient. Big story with Washington last night, 46 yards rushing, a procedure penalty, and three false starts. By the way, they're as good as advertised. Just turns out in the struggle of what Michigan decided to make that game into, it really tilted the field towards the Wolverines. So when I say there was one reason, no, there are a lot of reasons. J.J. McCarthy was one of the reasons. He wasn't even dynamic last night. He's good enough. Wasn't dynamic at all. But J.J. McCarthy was a predictable reason that Michigan would have some sort of really good season. I want to say that they were 8-1 to to win the national championship. And so when you look at J.J. McCarthy coming back and it was going to be the first August, he entered practice knowing I am the starter. That's He had been the starter for two years. It's the first time he was entering August camp going, all right, I'm the guy. Folks, that's big. Blake Corum returning? I, and again, I don't know what the injury last year would do to that. There are some times when, I think it was, um, hey, was it Antonio Cromartie? who, like, tore up his knee, didn't play a single game, and then entered the draft anyway? 
Well, there's been first a couple, round pick. Yeah, there's been a couple of guys who've done stuff like that. McGahey. Uh, McGahey was well. McGahey tore up his knee and then still went in the draft anyway that year, and they sold them that he was going to be okay, and he got drafted 23rd, even though he shouldn't have been drafted that high and didn't play that year. And it's so there are stories of guys uh, injury be damned. I'm going to the league. Blake Corum's like, no, I'm coming back to Michigan. Now, part of it was what I was just talking there related to the draft. You know what part of it was too. Remember we talked about Ryan Grubb when he said Saban, thanks, but no thanks, the Washington offensive coordinator? It's because he surveyed his own situation. And he said, I'm a play caller, and I have Michael Penix here. They have not Michael Penix in Tuscaloosa. Don't know what they have, and they don't know either, and they're already on campus, and they don't know. So I have Michael Penix. Mm, I'm good. I'll stay here. You survey your own situation. Blake Corm looked at the NFL, and he would have been drafted. You know what Blake Corm would have had right now, right this very minute, what Blake Corm would have had? 17 direct deposits for NFL game checks. I don't know where he would have been drafted, been on a roster somewhere. And someone may have even said, you know what? Because we're set at running back. We got a guy who's about to come off contract. We'll even let you kind of redshirt your rookie year. You can play some. You can cover kicks or something. A little bit of action carrying the ball. But uh, we got folks like Tennessee with Derrick Henry. That's exactly what they did. Corum looked around. He's like, name, image, likeness, big giant program, Michigan. Mm, yeah, I think I'll stay another year. Plus, look at our offensive line. Look at that old man quarterback. Look at the guy on the sidelines. I always said during the steroid scandal in baseball and Major League Baseball, do you know the thing that I, my number one takeaway was? steroids work we we weren't talking about middle infielders extending their careers we're talking about a guy with seven Cy Youngs like multiple Cy Youngs deep into his 40s who said the steroids in the house were for the wife who wanted I guess a better time in the spin class but he had seven Cy Youngs we're not talking about Ricky Ledeh there's a chance we can't talk about Ricky Leday because no one go baseball reference Ricky Leday. We're talking about Barry Bonds. Did he win seven MVPs? I think he did. Steroids work. That was my big takeaway. You know my big takeaway from Jim Harbaugh and all the examination this season? Jim Harbaugh can win no matter where he is. San Diego, and I mean the Toreros. Stanford. Niners. Now, my takeaway, my number one take, oh, Jim, I don't like him. All right, why? Well, he's smarmy or he's slimy or he lies or he's uh, self-righteous or whatever. He climbs trees with teenagers. That happened. Um, Whatever. You don't like Jim Harbaugh. You know what my number one takeaway is? That dude wins. And there are sometimes whether you like the coach, dislike him, don't have an opinion, we'll just evaluate him on the outcome. Like, I don't know, Bill Parcells. Many stories floating around about how much fun it is to hang out with Bill Parcells. In fact, I think Bill Parcells, in fact, I know this, he would go out of his way to not be fun. Wasn't it Bill Parcells? I want to say he got hired by the Giants. He took over for Ray Perkins. <laughs> you talk about difference in NFL and college. Nobody was really getting paid. Ray Perkins quit an NFL job to go back to college. 
So Bill Parcells becomes the head coach, and Bill Belichick's now his D.C. And he told his GM, you didn't hire a golfing buddy. He kept inviting him to go play golf. He's like, no, 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 you didn't hire a golfing buddy. You hired a head coach. Let me go watch film or something. Bill Parcells, you know what Bill Parcells did? He was not fun to hang. In fact, I can't think of a single. Heath, have you ever heard a single story about, hey, let me tell you this. Oh, we were hanging out with Bill and it was so much fun. I don't remember many of those stories. I've heard them, but mostly about post-football life Bill Parcells. During his time, pretty sour individual by all accounts. And he won. Like, I mean really won. Because whatever it was, whatever his way was, his way worked, man. I'll say something about Bobby Petrino. I, I think he can unhinge his jaw and swallow bird eggs whole. His way works. Like, he's got a better whatever it is on that card. Whatever it was, when he sees defense on tape and goes, oh, or digital file, like, he may swallow the neighbor's spaniel, but that guy, his way, his way's better. So is Harbaugh. And Harbaugh, you know who's breathing a little easier these days? I think a lot of coaches who were stealing signs. Because Harbaugh did something that I probably, when I heard Deion Sanders, and I'm not saying it was Deion Sanders. When I heard Kirby Smart, and I'm not saying it was Kirby Smart. When I heard some high-profile coaches on the record say, oh, knowing what play's coming, you still got to stop it. I was like, all right. Point for accuracy. You still have to stop it. If you just tell me run or pass left or right, folks, I'm stopping you. I don't need to know whether it's the one, the three, the five, the seven, or the way out at the nine. I don't need to know that. I swear. I don't need to know if it's the two back, the three back, the motion man, or reverse. If it's a run to the left, guess what? I'm stopping you. I think there are a lot of coaches who are breathing easy because when I heard Kirby Smart come out and go, nah, folks, nothing to see here. I was like, really? I think a lot of coaches are breathing easier today because this whole sign-stealing thing, except for people like me and you and callers to find bomb, nobody's really talking about this anymore and nobody's gonna. Nobody with, like, I don't know, some sort of official anything. And whatever we think about it, not going to change the outcome of the national championship. Last night, Washington had now Dylan Johnson. I don't know his very first carry of the game, man. He gave it a go dug in and was, I mean, keeping his legs working and protecting the football. And I think it was, it was either the first or second carry of the game. His left foot got fell on and it swole up like a cantaloupe. Um, and so they worked on him and he toughed it out. My gosh, he toughed it out. And I mean, every, every, like all caps, they had no threat of the ground game. And when that happened, your plays, you know, the one real shot they had last night that they missed somehow Rome is just running free and Penix maybe thought he was going to cut more to the outside and took it up instead. And so they didn't connect. So big old tall, long arm Roma Dunze is not able to reach a pass where, I mean, he may have scored. But it was the exception that he was running free because 
with no ground game and the type of offense that they have with Penix, this is not dink and dunk, folks. This is not long handoffs across the line of scrimmage. This is not Utah passes. You can Google Utah pass. This is, hey, let's flip the field. And that takes a second. And when Michigan's defense is no longer concerned about your ground game, even on like a second and five, they're like, I don't know, uh, you good for you on first down. You're still not going to run the ball effectively against us. Here's what, when I say this all the time, it's just math. Seven can cover four. And I almost don't care who the four are. Even if the four are Dunze and Jalen Polk and the tight end, and I, I don't care. Seven can cover four, especially like when one of the seven is Will Johnson, for instance. Like what they put up last night, just fab against an outstanding team that was every bit as great as they were advertised and Michigan on both lines of scrimmage, the pop plays they had in the ground game themselves. And I mean, like three of them in like the first, I'll say 20 minutes of the game. The pop plays they had them said, I don't even have, you don't even have to, there's no context to take away putting up three bills in a national championship game. And that's what Michigan did on the ground. Washington, 46 yards rushing. They had a procedure penalty on a lineman and then three false starts at a neutral site. So advantage Michigan from this tackle all the way down to that tackle. And there's your national championship, and I have no idea where Jim Harbaugh coaches next. And by the way, let's I want to be very clear about this. Does not strike me as a guy that I want to hang out with and have wings. Like, hey, Jim, what are you doing Saturday? Oh, I'll be at Hooters. I, no, I, I don't think I really want to bro with Jim Harbaugh. I'd hire him. <laughs> Here are the keys. And I'm going to treat you like sausage. I just want to see the outcome. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll jump into it on this Tuesday next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Donovan Edwards, who scored the touchdown in the first possession, back in the game, and he's loose again. Edwards, off and running. Welcome back, Donovan Edwards. 46 yards. My favorite players, Donovan Edwards, because he was supposed to be the backup, and then at times he was like the backup to the backup. That happened a little bit. Boy, did Donovan Edwards have himself a game last night. Game. Boy, did Donovan Edwards have himself a first quarter last night. <laughs> he had two touchdowns, about 80 yards rushing in the first 15 minutes. That was a touchdown at the end of the first quarter there. So that gave him their second score of the night. It was him. Donovan Edwards, if you get, he had three touchdowns in the regular season. And because he got run as the backup last year and really blew up, there was a thought that, all right, he's going to have that type of season. He just didn't. Not anything on him. He's a big, thick kid, man. Like him a lot. And he had some runaway moments last night, and that was one of them. And so he had two touchdowns, and they get the big dub, 34-13, and they're national champions because um, 
the one reason I guess UW couldn't have expected. Uh, we got the best offensive line in America by somebody else's judgment. And then it was not just their offensive line, the dogs' defensive line as well. Uh, they got it taken to them. And as I said, Donovan Edwards were two long scores in the first half of last night's ball game, and they are uh, national champions. And so that's where you sit. Um, there is one report card that we can look at now, and it's complete. A couple of chapters of SEC history that are now officially closed. National championship last night, so the season is officially over. And we got two outcomes. I mean, none of us expected from an SEC chapter that is officially closed. Missouri and Texas A&M's time as expansion programs is done. And somehow Mizzou was the program that actually won something. And I mean, about what you can win. Didn't win the conference title game. Won the division twice early. Now, I, early, late, in the middle. I don't know. Win it a bunch of times. Missouri wasn't supposed to win it at all. And after what happened in November of 12, wasn't that their first? Yeah, that thing in Tuscaloosa with Johnny Manziel. Whoo! I thought, we got a new rivalry in the SEC. Step aside, LSU. Bloodsport. A&M. Alabama. Missouri played for two conference titles. And the biggest result for Aggie is you missed a just golden 12-year op in the Southeastern Conference. And that, I don't know, 2020 was a weird season. And Jimbo was on a list. And we talked about this before the season, by the way. Jimbo was on a list of guys, Pat Fitzgerald, who had a pop season in 2020, Tom Allen, got a check, big fat contract extension, and did not win after that. So when you look at what Texas A&M didn't do in their time, the high water mark was literally that day, two and a half months into their first season. I remember going on to St. Louis radio station in 2012, SEC media day, sitting a couple of down from us in Hoover. And they were so nice, and I was just smarmy. I, and I, I was, I don't know, I reflected my lifetime of not bias. It's not bias if it's real, but then it wound up not being right. Chuck Oliver, welcome to the show. We're so looking forward to being the SEC. I said, you shouldn't. You're going to get drilled. But, well, what? What? It's like, dude, you didn't win in the Big 12. You think you're going to win in the Southeastern Conference? It's not going to happen. They won the division. And they had a record enough, same as Auburn's that year, going into the uh, – now, they were never going to beat Auburn. They were never going to beat Bama the next year. If that would have happened, and it's not even Chaminade sort of stuff, if that would have happened, they could have been in the national championship game by some sort of hook, crook, et cetera, instead of Urban Meyer sitting there eating pizza on a golf cart looking sad um because auburn was working their way into the national championship game who beat them michigan state that night um it would have been perhaps gary pinkle and missouri they won something texas a&m out of the gate 11 win season 
Cotton Bowl, number five in America, beat Bama, had it rolling, and it was not like a bowling ball off a high rise. It was more like a boat ramp. Just kind of eased in that direction. Heath, how's your Tuesday? Uh, it's good, Chuck. You know, uh, what you were talking about earlier with regards to Michigan and what they did in the ground game, check out the numbers from the first quarter alone. For the whole season, as good as Michigan has been as a rushing football team, Michigan had four rushes of 40 or longer yards all year. They had three in the first quarter of the national title game. So uh, you had a really unique set of circumstances there with a, a back that hit a couple of explosive runs, a defense that was doing some things that you hadn't seen them do. Again, is that title game pressure? Is that showing them something that confuses them? But you're just leaving some some gaping holes where somebody's slanting and no one's replacing them, and you're just yep. kind of saying, what What are you doing here? Uh, it, it's Everybody, I think, immediately reacted by saying, oh, there's that Michigan offensive line. Honestly, Chuck, it, it looked like it was more, however it happened, more confusion by Washington than necessarily that Michigan was just out there mauling people. Could be, yeah. It's kind of an interesting twist. The other thing that we saw in the first quarter last night was news drops, Chuck. Uh, here we are. Title game's just about to kick. Oh, hey, Alabama's defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's uh, he's stepping down. And then about 10 minutes later, oh, hey, ESPN might be getting a new six-year deal for the playoff to uh, keep the rights. Nothing to see here. Keep just, looking the other way. Just, just That just happened to hit five minutes after kickoff. Uh, that in particular is going to be fascinating to see it fleshed out because, again, Chuck, look, what are we talking about? We've been talking about it all the, the last few months, this idea that right around 2030 to 2032 is the sweet spot for when whatever that's the it. final form of college football is, that's when it happens. Now we're looking at a playoff extension deal that sounds like it's going to run through 2032, only six years as opposed to a much longer deal. Uh Enjoy this next half dozen or so years because after that, something really, really different is coming. And it's very, very clear from every single business deal, every conference, everywhere. You got about a half dozen years before we find out what the form of the final boss will be. Yeah, and I think it's going to be there are going to be two NFLs. They're going to be a 32-team NFL like over here, and there's going to be a 32-team NFL kind of over there. And so these 64 will play actual football, and the rest of you will do whatever it is you do. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today. AccentRoofingService.com. Now back to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Tuesday on the 
Chuck Oliver Show. Bottom of hour one. Oh, my goodness. It's my favorite guest of the week. Heard that so many times. People who have never met the man, seen him in person, don't know anything about him other than he comes on here Tuesdays. And, boy, does he know how to allocate your resources. He's got a laptop. He knows how to write code. Give him some outcomes that you would like, and he will say, well, here are some paths that should get you there. It's an amazing skill to have. I want to welcome him on right now. He is College Football Matrix Day Bar 2. Brother, how are you today? Oh, dude, I'm doing good. Happy uh, College Football New Year. It absolutely is, and I want to go straight <laughs> to the heart of this. Um, Jim Harbaugh, I don't know if you – I don't know, like eHarmony says our matrix, our metrics don't work for everybody. Like we just, we hadn't figured everything in. Um, have you figured in pro coaching as well? Because I look at Jim Harbaugh and I'm like, dude had the Niners in NFC title game. He took over a dysfunctional bunch that wasn't winning a Super Bowl. Um, he won at Stanford. He won with the San Diego Toreros. Like the guy, his way works. Um, do you give people dossiers for a NFL <laughs> potential head coach too? No, no, I don't. I don't. But you know, it's it's funny. I'm I'm starting to wonder in this uh, in this new era of free agency for college football, um, is is there going to be value for guys that have a NFL like attitude in terms of management? All right, GMs, head coaches, and so forth. I wonder going forward if if there's going to be any sort of uh, synergies between the NFL and, and college football as college football slowly gets homogenized towards the NFL model. But no, I, we, we don't bring into in, any of the NFL experience into our, into our modeling. But I mean, to your point, what has this guy touched that doesn't end up in W's? Yeah. And, and that's where I wanted to start because last night, I mean, it's a 21 point win and, Kalen DeBoer after the game, and I, I knew where this was going to go. Cause, oh, just take your beating and hush up. He was like, guys, I promise you, we're just a couple of plays away. I was like, okay, yeah, that's true. And Michigan is a really, really complete, solid team that's impossible to move on the line of scrimmage and all this other stuff. I want to talk about their staff and how they got there. So just tell me then. And the reason I asked mm-hmm. you the NFL thing was so we'll exclude the Niners. Um, tell me how you rate Jim Harbaugh across all the different spokes off your hub. Well, I, I think uh, top uh, right off the bat on field results. Uh, when we did our, our preseason top ten head coaches with CBS Sports, um, I believe he was number four active head coaches coming into the season. You know, without this result, mm-hmm. um, you know he, he he might he might get bumped up. Wow, I mean, does this? Uh, he, here's one 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 national championship at Michigan, which far far. Far under recruits Georgia. Um, does, does that get Harbaugh ahead of Kirby? <laughs> That's a good discussion point uh, off air for for everybody down south. But seriously, uh, th- this guy from a coaching standpoint, top five coming into the season. Uh, his recruiting is really underrated. Uh, he moved the needle at Stanford significantly. Uh, he really made Stanford football what it was uh, before it regressed back into its nothingness. Uh, and then at Michigan, he's he's held pretty steady as well. He's, he hasn't turned Michigan into a top-ten recruiter, 
but they never have been. Uh, so he's maintained really well there, and, and he's recruited what he wants, which is as big and as ugly as possible on both sides of the line. So um, recruiting-wise, he's good. And staffing, he's an exceptional staffer. He uh, That'd be a guy I'd like to sit down with and understand his uh, interview process because he, he does a really good job at finding young coaches and turning them into a really okay. good staff. All right, funny you go there because, see, I don't know Matt Weiss as a quarterback's coach. I just know apparently he was doing stuff you're not supposed to with a laptop, and he was out. Um, Kurt Campbell could not – and by the way, Kurt Campbell was quarterback's coach this past season. He could have been on a milk carton in the state of Michigan, I think. And Jim Harbaugh was like, nope, here's the guy right here. Any sort of dossier on Kurt Campbell, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. No, no. They're, they're, I mean, inexperience is really what drives everything that we do. But yeah. you look at a lot of the guys that Jim hires, you know, uh, mentor, more. Uh, these guys didn't have a whole lot of experience. Just as a staff overall, oh. it's pretty young. So he, he, he's, a, he's a very underrated staffer uh, as well. All right, let's look at the other side of the field because um, Jim Harbaugh is going to do whatever he does, and he already has tons of NFL guys playing footsie with him. Um, I've heard the same thing, that Kalen DeBoer may be somebody we look at. Uh, let's talk about his staff now. Um, first of all, Kalen DeBoer, who, again, you talk about winning wherever you go, finding however to crack that offensive code. That is what the guy does. Give me your across-the-board ratings um, for Kalen DeBoer and what you thought, what you were thinking when he got hired. Oh, when he when he got hired versus where he is today. Well, when he when he got hired, uh, we've been watching him for years. Uh, he had a high ceiling coming in. We we started we started seeing him before he even got to Indiana, um, and then what he did at Indiana went over to Fresno, uh, accelerated the offense there, won football games, um, and look coming into this season, both Michigan and Washington were top twenty staffs overall. Uh, DeBoer. Uh, is probably going to go from number 10 probably to number four overall coach uh, next year to start the season. So the head coaching side of it uh, is pretty awesome. Grubb, his offensive coordinator, a lot of people haven't heard of him. Uh, maybe down your way you heard that, uh, that Saban was trying to get him. Yeah, the Alabama uh, thing. Right, the Alabama thing, top five offensive coordinator in college football. Uh, it's got a really consistent staff. They're only losing one guy this year. That's their special teams coordinator, easily replaced. Uh, that'll be done in the next week or so. And uh, But overall, the staff is really solid going forward. The one thing I would say is I would not expect Washington to get themselves back in this position year over year uh, because it is a very veteran team. you got a super senior quarterback. I think there's going to be an adjustment period going from Pac-12 to Big Ten football uh, for Washington. All right, so anyone that would be in particular, I'm not talking just about like NFL rumors, but anybody for any reason that is like, do you even have a sheet of paper or a digital file where you say really good candidates to be NFL coaches? Um, because I, I want to know what someone thinks of Kirby. I want to know what someone thinks of Lincoln Riley. I want to know what someone thinks of whomever that may be a guy that the, because the, the pendulum's going to come back the other way and they've run through all the young assistants in the NFL. And so they're going to come looking at college coaches, I believe. Well, you know, I think it starts with organization. Um, and, you know, when you're looking at these guys, I mean, you and I aren't privy to 
uh, how these guys run their life 24 7 365 right um so I, I think a lot of it is the intangible of are you wired for the nfl are you wired for both you know because harbaugh clearly is wired to be able to do both at a successful level but we've seen a lot of guys that are wired for the nfl don't make it in college football wired for college football don't make it in the NFL. So I think one of the biggest issues that an ownership group, a GM in the NFL is going to have to solve is what are the NFL intangibles that they can go and find in a college football coach. Continuing day bar two, and he's got a sponsor. Uh, if you have creaky shoulders or I don't know, hips, knees, ankles you name it uh you need help sleeping uh legal and all 50 dave tell them about uh the folks that you help uh sleep better and such i work with uh, the pro athlete temp association it's a group uh with the nfl alumni so this is uh professional strength pain relief arthritis inflammation uh you got sleep troubles you name it uh, go to hempforpros.com and uh, oh while you're there use king of cfb for 25% off everything at hemforpros.com. Yeah, and the sleep gummy story, I loved it. You're like, we were getting lukewarm feedback. We're like, all right, double it. And so the sleep gummies have become one of the most uh, effectively reviewed products there. Am I right? Oh, it it is. It's actually the best-selling product on the website because, well, they're called knockout for a reason. Uh, You take one of those and it's sleepy time. All right, like I said, folks, legal and all 50, there's going to be no undercover staying at your door. Uh, you can order it shipped right to your mailbox, I can promise you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> come back in Puerto Rico. Uh, we're going to come back and jump back into it with Dave Bartu next. The king of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Download it now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Tuesday on the Chuck Oliver Show, we're talking to the man with the most powerful Pentium 2 in the universe. When folks want to get better, they go to Dave Bartu. Dave, welcome back. Tell everybody you are College Football Matrix. Uh, tell everybody what you're doing, how to get in touch, how a listener or, I don't know, a, a, a sitting SEC head coach can get in touch with you listening to our show. They can <laughs> contact you directly. Well, I, I, I will say your, uh, your listener base is the most frequent user of the text line. Um, and uh, I got to hand it to him. I get all sorts of football questions. But the cool thing is, Chuck, it's always been a football question. Nothing else. Always been football. So everybody's respected the uh, the text line. It's 971-217-8419. You got a question about football? Got a question about what we do? You hit that number. I'll get back to you. And the man is employed by different uh, college athletic departments, uh, football programs, head coaches, one NFC East team, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, but I'm not going to, you know, open the curtains completely. I'm not going to put the man's business out there. Dave, let's jump back into it. When somebody wants to get better, I mean, really, the schedule, I I was mentioning this yesterday, the schedule is a year-to-year thing you can't really control. Uh, You either get better coaches or you get better players. Um, Talk about Miami. Um, Are they going to get better by better coaches? Um, 
because they're not better. It's two years in, and they're not better than with Manny. Yeah, well, you know something? It was I mean, how many years down from Miami? Ten? Oh, oh, 15? a long right? extended. I mean, it's 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 a complete culture rewire, even on the booster side. You know the 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 behind the curtain stuff. Uh, now that being said, uh, positive progression in the direction of recruiting. I mean, there's no arguing the recruiting uh, over the last couple of years. Absolutely so at true. some point, something's got to kick in, right? I mean, something does have to kick in. I, I uh, as long as uh, Lance and they have coaching continuity there, I do expect much better things for Miami going forward because the profile of player is just simply coming in. Uh, coaching wise, I don't have they turned anything over this year or are they getting are they eleven for eleven coming back right now? They have had continuity, I know, with both coordinators and mm-hmm. I checked at least two of the position coaches, but I hadn't checked all six of them. Yeah, I, I don't. Right off the top of my head, I think the continuity has been there, um, and that's an intangible. I think is really underrated in college football. I mean, you look at look at Washington and Michigan. Um, I don't think either one of them lost a guy last year. I mean, they were they were eleven for eleven, all coming back. So um, I I think uh, that bodes well for for Miami and well any program going forward is if you can have that continuity with good coaches. So we'll see where it goes with Miami. That was Dabo's mantra for a long time, and he Uh made big change last year with Garrett Riley. Big change with Matt Luke that's just universally applauded. Um, Everybody loves Matt Luke and all the boxes that he checks. Uh, Tell me your, your overview of the Clemson staff right now. Uh, the, the question mark really is, uh, I, I know that with Riley coming in, uh, he just had his worst year ever as an O.C., um, and as you can imagine, uh, his grade was pretty darn high coming into Clemson. Yeah. So I, I still think that's going to turn around. I do have question marks on the defensive side. Uh, do they got the right DC there? Uh, they got some. They got some really good support staff all over the place. Heck, uh, Mike Reed was our second team all staff uh, at DBs, and bringing in Luke is a huge upgrade heck actually luke is an upgrade probably for just about anybody in the country right now so um i really like where the staff is it's a top 20 staff you got top 20 recruiting uh you just you got to figure out the quarterback situation and uh we're back to talking about clemson in the playoffs well let's go over to the sec because i had actually heard matt luke mention for a job with Hugh Freeze, I'm like, no, he just came out of retirement like I don't know a month ago and took the Clemson job. But I don't know, well, it's coaching. People do that. Manny did it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Freeze has an opening for offensive coordinator, and when I saw the money, the three million dollars. Even Auburn has a time when they have to look at the money and go. Mm. When I saw Phil Montgomery was out, I knew what that was. I was like, Hugh just wants to. Hugh's going to call plays. So I said they could go less high profile with the OC hire. Um, do you have any opinion on Damian Craig coming as OC, knowing that Hugh Freeze would actually be running the offense, calling the plays? Mm, no, I, I don't have an opinion on that because I uh, don't believe he's ever called plays before. And... Oh, no, it would be Hugh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and so. But adding um, Damien to the staff, what? what did... You know, it'd be for recruiting purposes. 
That's mm-hmm. what it would be. It'd be 100% for recruiting, in my opinion, uh, on that. And, you know, that's a big part of it, too. I mean, if you don't need the, a position coach to actually do the position coach and just focus on recruiting, then, you know, that's why a lot of guys are brought in. But you, you bring in a Damian Craig, and, and it's number one for recruiting purposes. All right. Now, this is another curveball because, I don't know, 12-man offense in Canada with Ken Austin is kind of interesting <laughs> to have on your resume. But Ken Austin is a guy who's a special assistant to the head coach. I don't know. In the SEC, that's a pretty good spot to have. I'm the, the head coach says he just wants me around. Um, but he was an OC in uh, the SEC about 15 years ago. He did a lot of work up in Canada. Um any idea about Ken Austin and how – because I'm just looking for names or fits or what Hugh Freeze wants to hire because I know he's going to call the plays. It's going to be him going forward. Right, right. So, no, I don't have any information on him because that was, you know, our, our database, our grading of coaches only goes back to 2010. Um, but I think the real question more so is, you know, if, if Hugh's going to call the plays going forward, then you have an open on-field spot. Uh, what is it, – it's kind of – it doesn't have to be an OC guy. It could be anything. Um, you know, a, a really good quarterback coach, you know. Um, so maybe it's a young QB coach that uh, gets trained up in the in the eyes of how Hugh wants an offensive run. So maybe two, three years down the road when that becomes comfortable, that could actually be handed off at some point. Yeah, because he's doing the heavy lifting on Saturdays. I mean, you're right. Uh-oh. Hugh Freeze can, he can call you whatever he wants. I just need another coach out here. Um, so it could be any position. It could be strictly for recruiting. It could be whatever. And so I was just wondering, um, all right, let's bounce over to Baton Rouge. Cause they're another big giant program with the reputation, the opportunity to win national championships and the checkbook. They can at least pursue anybody they want. They now have the most expensive assistant coach in college football, went up to Missouri and left with DC. Uh, talk about Bake Baker. Yeah. What? Two and a half million a year. Yep. You know, I, I heard that number. I'm like, what'd you hire, Jim Leonard? Um, you know, it, nothing against uh, nothing against Blake, but um, you know that that kind of money to me would be four and a half, five star level guys. The great thing about Blake as a DC, he's been in our system for eight years, and in those eight years, all but one of them, the defense has improved year over year. So seven out of eight years, he has progressed the defense forward. Now, that's not going to be hard at LSU this year, oh, right? I mean, they, they were 80, they were 82nd in defensive scoring efficiency. They were as low as 117th um, and then turned it on. And so I think LSU is going to take a big step going forward. He's never really posted an elite year. Never had a top 20 defense, you know, but he's never had top 20 talent to try to post that. So I'm curious to see – how far LSU's defense can progress with him. Uh, But, uh, you know, first and foremost, the defense will consistently move forward. How far that will go with top five recruiting, we're about to find out. All right, well, let's look on the other side of the ball then because as far as the OC, there's, I don't know, there's an idea that he likes the kind of the makeup of the staff. And so Joe Sloan, quarterback's coach, and Cortez Hankton, 
maybe they're going to combine to be co-OCs and they're going to keep Brad Davis there as offensive line. They're going to tell Frank Wilson, go out and sign people. Um, but they're going to run it back on offense. And um, it all sounds great. Um, and just like maybe bring in a tight ends coach to take over his duties, uh, but not really somebody to call the plays. Uh, any ideas on your – if you hear that and that's really what Brian Kelly decides to do, any ideas about him as a strategy? <laughs> Is, is that one of those? If you don't have a, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Is if, if you have two offensive coordinators, you got no offensive coordinators. Um, I mean, I can see Sloan. Uh, he, you know, he, he's a he's a career four star quarterbacks coach. Um, never called plays before, so maybe you hand that off and and see how it goes. Uh, I don't know if Brian Kelly's in the position to quote unquote see how it goes right now. Um, especially with, you know, national championship level offense, talent. They he can recruit. call plays. Yeah, he, he can call plays too. So, uh, again, this is this is kind of what direction you got an open space, just like at Auburn. Yeah. What direction do you go with it? You know, there is a lot of different ways they can go. I just know that what's available out there, most of your four-star plus offensive coordinators are head coaches somewhere. They get gobbled up quick because ADs become enamored with offense. Uh, there's not a lot of big guns out there uh, unless you're targeting, you know, younger guys trying to move them up and take a chance. Could I ask you, top of mind, and we only got about a minute left, Slade Nagel is a guy that uh, just has been mentioned as maybe bring him in as tight ends and then the staff will be complete and we'll run it. Any opinion on Slade Nagel from Tulane? Yeah, so, so Slade uh, two years ago had a, had a breakout year with uh, Tulane and posted a top 25 offense okay. uh, in 2022. This okay. year had a regression, so it'd be yeah. solid to add him as a tight end coach. Dave, got to run, brother. Appreciate you coming on. Do it again in seven days, friend. Take it easy. CFB Matrix is Dave Bartu. So just a name. It's sort of local-ish in recruiting and even coach position and a really good up-and-coming coach and has been OC and knows how to do all kinds of things, check all kinds of boxes, including the game plan and calling plays during the game. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.